0: Blog Talk Radio. Radio. <laughs> yeah. All those other stations out there, they always got something to say. <laughs> sure. but up. Uh, not this station right here. We don't just got something to say, y'all. We got the truth. Let's go.
1: Welcome Truth Seekers, you're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at ameasureoftruth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Daisha Robinson says, I'm a 33-year-old single mom wanting to provide for my daughter, and I sometimes wonder, is school even worth it? Managing my finances has become a struggle, which led me to file for bankruptcy because I could not keep up with the bills that I had accumulated prior to the current situation. So I ask, how can I better myself, improve my worth ethic, and show society that I'm an asset instead of a liability, if no one is willing to take a chance on me? Daisha Robinson, welcome to A Measure of Truth.
2: Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Daisha, How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good, good. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. And also, your story um is pretty, it's a story of transparency. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on and being able to share this with us. And uh, I just want our listeners to just to find out a little bit about you and um, who you are. And let's start with your upbringing.
2: My upbringing was pretty normal. My grandmother raised me. My mom was still in the picture, but my grandmother raised me. We were military brats. Me and my brother. Uh, pretty normal childhood.
1: Oh, okay. So family in the military. Um, and did that mean you guys traveled quite a bit and moved around a bit?
2: Yes, sir, we did.
1: Wow, wow. Um, so... Everything was pretty normal for the most part, but um, what do you think were some of the things that may have changed or started to become interjected into your normal life that made you choose the path or make the mistakes that you've made? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, getting into high school, peer pressure, boys,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: friends that we thought was our friends. I you know your right. parents always say, not everyone is your friend, so be mindful of who you choose to be around, and you are who you hang around. But we didn't learn that until we got older, <laughs> what that really meant. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Would you say your parents were very strict?
2: Um, no, my grandmother wasn't really strict. She would allow us to make a mistake but wanted us to learn from it.
1: Right, right. So um, tell us about what transpired and what led you to this this huge mistake in your life.
2: I would say a boy hmm. trying to be that, back in the day, that quote, that ride or die. Now, I learned my lesson. You know, he wanted this, he wanted that. And my grandmother pretty much gave me what I wanted. But when he entered the picture, that all ceased. Grades started slipping, skipping school, losing my virginity, feeling myself, as the old people say.
1: Hmm. Wow. And um, how quickly did this all spiral out of control for you?
2: I want to say within a year, a year and a half, I left school. He went. To school. He went away to school and a couple months after he left I went behind him.
1: And where did you guys go to school?
2: He went to New he went to school in New York.
1: And you went to live with him while he was in school? Yes. Well, so let's let's just get right to the point. What what happened? What were you charged with? What was the thing that you did and what led up to it. Just take us there, the process and you're thinking at the time and what did you expect to happen?
2: I wasn't thinking. i written bad checks, mm. taken checks. I would forge them and pass them off as my own. I was charged with forgery, uttering a false pretense. Not knowing that those charges would come back to bite me and the behind.
1: Mm. so let's talk about the day that you were actually caught. When did you know that they had caught up to you?
2: I had left New York to come back home, and I had attempted to act like everything was normal and i had I was going to school, and they came to my school, and they took me out in handcuffs.
1: Wow. Right there in front of your classmates?
2: Not in front of my classmate. They sent the principal to get me, and everyone Mm -hmm. was still in class, and they took me out the back door.
1: Wow. And and what did you think when that happened? Did you know why they were um, taking you in?
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. I knew. I had run from it. I knew ultimately it would come back to bite me but didn't know when it would come back to bite me.
1: Wow. And um, let me ask you a question. Um, what were you studying in school? Let's talk about some of the things that you did do
2: right. I was in high school at the time. Just really? turned 18, not knowing the difference between really a felony and a misdemeanor
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was a learning process for me. Um, Currently, I have an associate's in administration of justice and working on a bachelor's in human services with a minor in criminology.
1: Any particular reason why you chose those?
2: I've always wanted to do something in the law enforcement. And knowing that I can... Even before this took place. Yeah. Even before it took place. Not knowing Hmm. that it would come back and bite me. Not knowing that I could not have this expunged. Not knowing it would never go off my record. (coughs) So...
1: you were sentenced to five years for each charge. Yes. So how much time in jail did you actually spend?
2: I spent three years, a month and a day.
1: Hmm. And so as such a young person going to jail, I mean, what was that like for you?
2: It was tough. Not never been to jail, not really... Studying the insides of a jail, not having no one to take me to a jail, I didn't really understand, but I had to understand quick. I was going to a place with people that had longer sentences, may never come out, so they had nothing to lose.
1: Wow. And... You know, I don't want to focus too much on the struggles that you may have had within uh, the penal system, but when you finally got out, what was your plan to get your act together, to get your life back on track?
2: To go to school, to see what programs they had available, to see the assistance that they thinking that they had assistance available to me once I got out. There was none.
1: Right. Uh, So what did you think would be there and what did you find?
2: I found that they attempted to help you do a resume that I had no, I didn't have a resume. So you couldn't help me do something that I didn't have. So I found myself going to Job Corps I appreciated it. Was there for 9 months, enjoyed the program. <clears throat> then I went to Nova. Registered with Temp agencies. But not everyone wants to deal with the convicted felon. The reality of it is, I am a convicted felon.
1: Right. Now, there's supposed to be programs out there specifically for people like you.
2: Not in Virginia, there's not. Uh, Hmm. Even the unemployment office has nothing. The only thing they could offer me was Job Corps. D.C. has amazing programs for their their ex-offenders or people that live in that area, but Virginia offers nothing.
1: Really? Now, I understand that... um, you know, there is um, a bill out there to, to really eliminate the box on applications in Virginia. And um, I believe that they're actually going to start with state employees, meaning that you can apply for a position that is with the state and not have to actually answer that question. Do you know anything about that and some of the – um, go right ahead.
2: I've heard – I heard about it. But then you know, you have some people that are fighting against it because I guess once they decide to say they wanted to hire me, then they go through the process of doing the background check. So now what? You've done the background check, the box was eliminated, and it's still a no win win situation. They get to decide if they want to hire me or not.
1: Mm. Wow.
2: Well let me
1: ask a question. So what this has done is it's pretty much tied your hands. Um, you're free, but you're not free. Um, this right. is something that is a crime that you know. Most would say that you served your time. You, you've done your time for your offenses, but it seems like you're you're still in prison, just on the other side of the bars. Right. So, what has this done? I mean, w- what was your thinking once you discovered that you really couldn't get anywhere? And the opportunities that you assumed that you would be able to get eventually just never seem to transpire.
2: I still have to keep pushing. I have a daughter that looks for me to provide and protect her. So that's what I have to do. Even getting, now I will say I did try to get my record expunged, but people don't know is if you take a plea deal, that plea, whatever is grouped, whatever charges are grouped with that plea deal, you cannot have expunged. So if you take a plea deal and look in later to get it expunged, it's not going to happen. Even with the, my right And the to reason deal. why
1: you took the plea deal, explain that and how were you uh, convinced to go that
2: route? I took the plea deal because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I would be sitting in jail for three years as an 18-year-old. I didn't know that. My lawyer convinced me to take a plea deal. That I didn't even tell my parents I was taking the plea deal. I just took the plea deal.
1: Now, What about your parents at that time? Did they support you?
2: They were upset, but they did. <clears throat> they did. They they've pushed me to, to continue to do that, continue to keep driving and pushing to look for employment to utilize my skills. My resume is extensive. I have very good training in security admin accounting. But getting a job in it is very hard.
1: And because um your felony also had to do with something financial, isn't that um, another issue as well?
2: Yes. And I worked in accounting for six years before I got laid off.
1: And so how were you able to get that job, and why do you think you were laid off?
2: Um, they were, <clears throat> um A friend of mine referred me because they were looking for a temp for, like, six weeks. Then they decided decided to hire me on full-time permanently and they were doing major layoffs and I just happened to be one of the people they laid off.
1: Have you ever tried to um, approach that company again for a position?
2: I've thought about it, but I haven't went through with it. No. Mm.
1: Well, that's a start. Um, At least with, getting um, a valid recommendation of, you know, the type of work that you do. Um, I would suggest you do that. Um, As these laws start to transpire, I I would love to check back with you and try to understand um, what's available to someone like you. But I also want to bring some other folks on who are experts as well that can shed the light on, you know, some of the Well, these laws are going to change a lot of things. They're going to change the process, but no one will know how to navigate it. The problem is, is people always do what they've always done, even when things change. So um, that's another challenge for yourself. But um, I think sometimes you have to make your own opportunities, and then other times you have to fight for the opportunity that you need. And I'm sure that you're worn down by the process. And it's been a long road, a lot of challenges. And, um, you know, it's difficult to stay positive and to stay focused. But um, uh, you, you definitely need to do that. And you sound like you're, you're still someone who believes in themselves, and I commend you for that. Uh, just tell us some of the things that you've done to try to stay focused and stay positive, even though this has pretty much been your life.
2: Um, i got my rights restored. I've got my firearm rights restored. I go to school. I still apply for jobs, even the jobs that say jobsforfelon dot com. I just continue to build my resume, apply to temp agencies,
1: and, and let's. I just want to hear some of the things that people are saying when you do apply for positions. Are you getting the interviews?
2: 50, 50. Hmm. Some say, yes, I'll get the interviews, But then when they go to do the background check, it's, oh, right now we don't have a position for you. I'll give you an example. A company I applied for They'll ask you, in the last seven years, have you been convicted of a felony? I'll say no. And they ran my background everything. Now, this, I was convicted in 2001. In 2014, they said I lied to them, and I went to dispute it, everything. They still said I lied to them, and I'm like, well, this happened in 2001. You said in the last seven years. So this still pertains to about 13, 14 years later.
1: Wow. Hmm.
2: They say they don't discriminate, but they do.
1: Wow. And, um, to say, how, how old are you?
2: 33.
1: And, um. This struggle has been going on for quite some time for you, and you're just looking for a break.
2: That's it. I've even applied to nonprofits, and they've mm-hmm. told me now.
1: So tell me about this website that is for people in your situation.
2: Life After Convictions?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I'm building it to help people such as myself, give them the education that I didn't have. Learning, mm. teaching them how to work with their finances, teaching them how to get their education, file for their FAFSA, housing, social security card if needed, go to job court if they can, because I didn't have that help when I came out. I had to figure all this stuff out on my own, how to restore my rights, how to pay my fines. I didn't have none of that knowledge. Mm.
1: And how long did it take you to once you started to get everything accomplished that you have so far?
2: I think I received my civil rights back in 2011. My firearm rights back in 2012. Job Corps was right after I came home in 2005. So it was a process. It was a learning process to figure it out on my own. I didn't want to make the inside of jail a revolving door for me because that wasn't the life that I wanted.
1: And so it's been how long and you've not been in trouble since? Yes. How long has it been? 2001,
2: uh, 2015 years.
1: Hmm. Fifteen years of a clean record, and still this haunts
2: you. Yeah. I got laid off from my accounting job in 2012.
1: Hmm. Um. Deisha, I don't know what to say. But um.
2: And not everyone that sits in high places wants to be known or associated with the convicted felon.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, um, I have no problems with it. And, um, I, I want to see you work through this and, um, I'm going to research some more. I'm going to find out more information and I want to invite you on again. We're going to talk with some people who, um, may have some tools it may have some information and understand the process a little bit better and have them to help you um, to get to where you need to go okay Yeah, it's going to take a minute but yeah I, I'm not going to let this thing go and I and I think things are going to go your direction that you need them to go um, and go your way eventually and we just have to figure that out but um your story is interesting. I want to hear a little bit more about it. But first, I want to just, I want to explore the process myself and take a look and see what the real challenges are and hurdles. And um, I would love to have you back on. And um, I think we'll just keep that title and we'll just do a part two.
2: Okay.
1: Well, Well, thank you very much for sharing your story and coming here and being so transparent. And we wish you all the best, and and we're going to keep pushing. And um, the next time, we'll definitely have a lot more information once I bury my head in this and just find out exactly what is out there.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This message is more for me than it is for you but for some reason I felt compelled to share it. I have quite a few of these messages that I write, but I tend to keep them to myself, but this one just would not let me tuck it away with the rest. Although I've added and changed a number of phrases to make this message more broad and speak to a more diverse group of those in need, please know that I'm not talking about anyone in particular. This message was first and foremost for me. Welcome to my world. You know, the world has become obsessed with the selfie. A self-portrait that often gives the subject control over how they are portrayed in a given environment. And a photograph that allows them to capture an image of themselves as they want to be seen, but not necessarily the way things actually appeared at the time of the photo. This allows them to make a number of adjustments and corrections to make their appearance or their life seem far more interesting. When we have too much control over how we appear to others without doing the work, it detracts from who we need to be and we forget about growing spiritually. And not just appearing better, we lose focus on what is true about ourselves, our god given purpose, the thing that makes us special and unique. Take a close look at your life. Are you where you want to be, or are you where you need to be? Well, they're probably one and the same. Well let me explain. If you're not where you want to be in your life but you're doing nothing to change the state that you're in then you must be where you want to be even if it is just for lack of effort. But sometimes we're in a place in our lives where it's not where we want to be but still we understand that it's where we need to be in this season in order to gather the knowledge, wisdom and understanding needed to take us to that next destination do me a favor when you get a chance close your eyes and think of anyone that you respect and admire and that in your opinion lives a life that you could only dream of or even hope to achieve or surpass their level of success think about the things that you admire about them the most their wealth talent uh, intellect or even their swagger, or ego or confidence believe it or not you will find that the greatest difference between you and them and the key secret to their success in life and the key to yours as well is this small thing that everyone has access to. And I mean everyone. Rich, poor, old, young, no matter your race or gender. So that's the good news. We all have what it takes to achieve unimaginable success but the real question is do we want it bad enough to do absolutely everything it takes to achieve it well we're about to find out most of our life experiences are deeply rooted in a small seemingly inconsequential events that occur day to day the choices that we make in our interactions with people the steps we take towards our personal success in the work that we do, and how we manage and utilize our time, knowledge, skills, and abilities. Each of these bring with it a new or familiar experience, an opportunity to use our knowledge and wisdom from past successes or past mistakes to foresee the consequences of our actions so that we will make good decisions and lower our risk of negative outcomes. This thing that has taken over our lives and enslaved us has no regard for a life best live. It is that day-to-day routine called habit. Yes, your habits are so much a part of who you are that what you do and what you say are all shaped by your habits. When friends or someone who thinks highly of you talks about you, they often describe your admirable traits as a result of your good habits. Conversely, when someone speaks poorly of you, they often speak of things that are lacking that are direct results of your bad habits. You know, just as on the Internet you are who Google says you are, in the real world you are who your reputation is based on. And what your habits portray you to be believe it or not your bad habits are literally wasting your life stealing your success destroying relationships siphoning your finances and leaving you bitter depressed angry and resentful in short most of your bad decisions mistakes squandered opportunities love lost emotional outburst rude and reckless behavior broken relationships and lack of self-control and a host of others are all things that you expertly do without thinking and are all rooted in this silent beast called habit. Wikipedia references the American Journal of Psychology of 1903 and it defines habit this way and I quote A habit from the standpoint of psychology is more or less a fixed way of thinking, willing, or feeling acquired through previous repetition of a mental experience. Habitual behavior often goes unnoticed in persons exhibiting it because a person does not need to engage in self-analysis when undertaking routine tasks. So if habits are a fixed way of thinking, surely our bad habits, our brokenness, can be fixed. And since it is acquired through repetition of a mental experience, it's also something that we can engage in without thinking about. If we create new good habits, in time we will not even have to think about our good habits to reap their rewards. Here's the kicker. We often delegate some of the most crucial and life-altering decisions in our lives to something that has a frightening amount of control over us and may very well choose the life we lead with little or none of our thoughtful input. This is because our bad habits have the power to nullify our good decisions, no matter how passionate or well-intended. And yet we pretend that it's something that we cannot change because it's just the way we are. This is how God made me. It's complicated. I beg to differ. We do have control over who we are, how we live our lives, and how we treat others. So every day that we wake up and are given the blessing of leaving our mark on this day, we have the opportunity and the obligation to change the world for the better by changing who we are, what we contribute in our lives, and the lives of others. Here's an interesting observation. Every buzz, beep, or chirp of our phones are literally retraining our minds to act before we think. And because this has become so common, this abnormal behavior is now deemed acceptable and no cause for alarm. Watch the news tonight and you will find numerous stories of people who acted out before they thought of what they were doing or the consequences of their actions. When watching these events, we often say to ourselves, Who does that? What did they think would happen? What were they thinking? The truth of the matter is, they were not thinking at all. Our habits may or may not land us on the six o'clock news, but if we don't think first, the odds of us making wise decisions are just left to chance, and when the odds don't fall in our favor, we encounter numerous negative outcomes and repercussions that add no value to our lives and occupy time that could be better spent on something positive and redeeming, like success. Bottom line, we need to reclaim the time we waste by not taking control over our actions if we want better lives for ourselves and our loved ones. So as you can see, this is pretty serious stuff. So, what can you do to prevent your eventual decline down this slippery slope? Well, I'm about to tell you. So, if you need to take notes, here is where you want to start. Okay, after this mental beatdown, I owe you at least this. So, here's the cure. And I have to say, for those of you who will pray about it first, we'll have far more success than those who won't. Sorry, I don't make the rules. If you want more power over your life, you have to go to a higher power. Wikipedia also notes that the habit-goal interface or interaction is constrained by the particular manner in which habits are learned and represented in memory. Specifically, the associative learning underlying habits is characterized by the slow incremental accrual of information over time in procedural memory. Habits can either benefit or hurt the goals a person sets for themselves. So before you set goals for yourself that you can actually attain, you first have to change your habits. So here's how to get started. It's as easy as this one simple affirmation that will help you to master success. Here it is. When I see the need to do better in my life, I will center my focus on doing different things and doing things differently. If you are truly committed, either one or both of these things will plant the seed of success. Here it is again. When I see the need to do better in my life, I will center my focus on doing different things and doing things differently. Although it seems simple enough, The results are amazing. If you listen to the story of any successful person or anyone who's done anything great, you will always hear this familiar phrase or something similar that they often describe as an epiphany. The Cambridge Dictionary defines epiphany as a moment when you suddenly feel that you understand or suddenly become conscious of something that is very important to you. Dictionary.com says a sudden intuitive perception or insight into the reality or essential meaning of something, usually initiated by some simple, homely, or commonplace occurrence or experience. In the real world, it sounds more like this. you hear someone tell their story and they would say, When such and such happened, I made a decision. I said to myself, I promised myself, I told myself, from now on, I will never, I can't let that happen again. As long as I live and breathe. When I said that, my whole life changed for the better. So that's it, in a nutshell. You have to be able to make a promise to yourself and keep it. I have to be honest with you. For many of you listening, it all ends right here because many of you don't know how to make and keep a promise to yourself. It's sad but true. You know what's funny about someone who can't keep a promise is that when they make a promise that they won't keep, it's always one that would be too difficult for anyone to keep. So when they fail to keep their promise, it's that it was too hard to keep. And even though you didn't make the promise, They will happily inform you that you couldn't keep that promise either, so you're no better than they are to call them out on it. But I don't want to leave anybody out. So I will add something for you if this is your challenge as well. That's the awesome thing about what I'm asking you to do. Even if you can't keep a promise to yourself, it's the first bad habit you can break by keeping one promise small promise to yourself here's a small promise that everyone can keep Look, this is not difficult but it does require some preparation you really need to make a big deal out of this and give it all of your attention and intention look at yourself in the bathroom mirror and say to yourself with all the intensity and conviction you can muster And, I mean, look yourself square in the eye and say to yourself, and really, really mean it, and know that nothing will keep this from happening, come hell or high water, promise to yourself that every day I am able, I will wash my hands. And after you say that, wash your hands. Oh, that's not the end of the exercise. After you wash your hands, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say to yourself with the same power and strength, I mean puff out your chest and say, I did what I said I would do and I kept my promise. I know this may seem silly to some, but if you do this, I promise you, you will never see yourself the same. From this point forward, without even thinking about it, whenever you wash your hands, you will remember your promise and know that you are capable of keeping your promise. You will also understand that you are capable of doing above and beyond what you promised. You will also note that you kept your promise very early in the day and did not take much effort to keep your promise. Eventually, every time you even hear running water, You will remember your promise and knowing that you are a man or woman of your word will give you a sense of self-assured confidence that you can't even imagine. This is so powerful. I challenge you to try it. With that being said, let me warn you. What I'm offering you is a little guidance. And just as your GPS will help you to get to your destination, It will not put gas in your car. It will not signal the turns along the way. It will drop you at your destination, but what you do when you get there is all up to you. Just as you need to program your GPS so that it will provide the guidance, you need to program your mind and be clear about your destination in order for you to get there. It's your life. You need to do the work. You need to take the steps to make it happen. Are you still with me? By now, I'm sure that I've lost quite a few. But that's okay. I'll be the first one to say that this message is not for everyone. This message is not about Facebook likes or attempts to blow up my Twitter feed. I don't expect this message to be popular. I expect it to help someone who really thinks that they need some guidance in making positive changes in their lives. That's all I want, is to help someone in need find this message when they need it the most. Take control over their lives and become a wellspring of love, peace, and prosperity and positive vibes wherever they are right now. If you're really serious about making incredible changes in your life, you need to make some commitments. Not to me or anyone else, but to yourself. You have to commit to yourself that this is truly what you want and are willing to do to add to your life everything that you feel you need to live a prosperous life. So herein lies another great secret to success that we have all heard before, but Few have really understood its relevance. So here's the work. Start paying close attention to the things that you do without thinking. Your habits. Note things that you feel that are your bad habits and why they are bad. The consequences of these bad habits and what you hope to be the result of the change. Next, you need to figure out if you will do things differently or do different things or both to break that habit. In our previous example of washing hands, we chose to do things differently. We added to this simple everyday task a new objective to not only clean our hands but to remind us of our promises that we make to ourselves and to create and enforce a habit of keeping our promises. Sometimes it's best to replace your habit with another good habit and create a positive act to take its place. A positive habit reaps positive outcomes. So not being a bad habit is not enough. It has to have a positive return. So, you'll need to envision what your new good habit will do for you in your life and document if this is an action that will get you there. There are many ways to fail, but you have fewer options for success. But with that, the bonus is, is you have less options to choose from to get it right. So, if one doesn't work, move on to another. Grab a calendar. And track the success of your new habit for 30 to 35 days as a solid new behavior, and note how it has changed your life. With practice and success, you can start with one habit a month and work your way up to six or seven new good habits a month, and in the process, the new life of happiness and prosperity that you've been waiting for. That prayer piece is very important as well, but I do understand that some of you may have an aversion to prayer and may not even believe in God at all. I just want you to know that whether or not you believe in God, God still loves you. Some of you may have the wrong impression of God and thinking that he's always angry and looking for every opportunity to punish us for our sins. But this is not the case at all. In the Bible, it clearly states in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. It all begins right there. If you call, he will listen, no matter how bad you think your life is right now, it can all turn around in an instant if you believe second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine through ten says, "But he said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast." the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. These timeless principles are based on the wisdom of the ages and will never become passé. So no matter when you hear this message, the results will be the same. So don't concern yourself about what others may say about your new self and the haters who will surely try to derail your success. Haters are going to hate. So be prepared you will be surprised at how many people who will see your changes and your progress who will encourage you one day and then try to pull you backwards and undo the work that you've done the next. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves they are not wise as you can see this is something that all of us can do at some level to take control over our lives by choosing our own path and arrive at a destination that we have the power to choose for ourselves that need only be based on who we are right here and now The only thing you need to get started is God and the motivation. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to... No more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly. Only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth, in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be. And see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know. I'm here. And I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth.
3: time the song might find you good morning or good afternoon just waking up in the morning gotta good morning or good afternoon whatever time the song might find you good morning or good afternoon just waking up bueno diaz some know me as op your dude that loves g-o-d see me in my past life millions and past life. Maybe I feel God of Israel shine light on me Through this CD while you're cleaning your room you'll commute downtown, meeting in poor rooms Waking up in the college dorm half past noon It's because of his mercies we're not consumed As we trust you to hold us, we'll be all right Giving thanks in the morning might change your life So good morning, a good afternoon Whatever time this song might find you Good morning, a good afternoon Just waking up in the morning, gotta a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning or good afternoon, you just waking up in the morning. In I house like a, key, a kid, kid playing Martin, starting my day off right, saying something like, "Thank you, Lord, you bless me much. Your air I breathe, you woke me up. That touch in the morning caused me to roll." Both my feet and outstretch my shoulders. My limbs is there, my gems is there. Check my top drawer, found clean underwear. Take a shower for a moment or two. Brushing my tooth, smile at my daughter, cuz she's so cute. Your mercy's everlasting. Truth endures to all generations for a close. My family, cuz that's my role. Have no clue what the day as a whole may hold, but I know you hold it, so it'll be all right. Giving thanks in the morning might change my life. So, good morning, a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon, just waking up in the morning. Gotta good morning, a good afternoon, whatever time the song might find you. Good morning, a good afternoon. Today we could get drunk as a skunk Rude, defiant, stumbling Upon lust, full and violent Unruly in traffic, flick the bird while Driving ah, on, taking in soul And responding, silence, this is your day, some way to trust. You make it rain on the just and the unjust. Hung like an ornament on a tree for you and me. I like to live so the whole world can see. Your resurrection power raises some from the grave. Inside the believers, free in the slaves. From the bondage of past and present sin. If I slip yesterday, I don't have to again. No, I'm destined to win if you hold me tight. Giving thanks in the morning might change my life, so good morning. A good afternoon whatever time the song might find you Good morning a good afternoon whatever time the song might find you Good morning or good afternoon just waking up in the morning got a Good morning or good afternoon whatever time the song might find you Good morning or good afternoon Like that blue flower with the light blue hat to the back, yeah, rap, but I'm not through. Rain, sleep, snow, Chicago postman, overflows, by the truck loads. a justice game for wedding with endeavors. Colorful with the language flip. Hustle for sweaters, I swear. Solemnly, reality, drop lines like an anchor man. Ron and D could news. On heads like lead Balloons. Daily devotions is in. Stay tuned, stay tuned.
1: Well, we've just come to the end of another great show Special thanks to our producer Donna Hardiman And also our associate producer Tom Herring I'm Michael and You've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com But before you go, here's a little something to take with you Ask God for wisdom daily But know that your lesson can come from anybody Or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.
0: Measure of the truth Measure of the truth Speak it to the youth Come on and get your scoop Turn it up, y'all Measure of the truth truth, Yeah, Michael Fordham, y'all Measure (laughs) of the truth Sauce Radio (laughs) Yeah Now those other stations out there They always got something to say But uh Station right here. Station right here. We don't just got something to say, y'all. We got the truth. We got the truth. Let's come.